All right, everybody. My name is Brent Ruff. And I'm Josh Teifke. And we are the hosts of the Hunt Trapfish Podcast. Today, we sat down with our friend David Cirque to talk steelhead fishing. We got into a little bit more than steelhead, but covered most of the winter steelhead fishing and a little bit more. We think you guys are going to dig it. So without further ado, please give it up for our friend David Cirque. Catfish tattooed on your leg, but you also have a steelhead tattooed on you somewhere, right? On your yeah, arm? yeah, on my arm. That's like your your main gig, though, right? Oh, 100%, man. Steelhead, like, I look forward to it every fucking year. It's one of my favorite things to do. You're a tournament guy, too, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I uh, fish quite a bit of tournaments. We had a couple canceled this year, uh, weather, and it's more of the wind. That wind this year has been pretty rough. I mean, when your boat is hanging sideways with the current... And you got little like water spouts coming up. It's a pretty rough day of fishing. It's probably when you go into the docks and call it good. No, you see, steelhead fishing guys, we stay out no matter what. <laughs> we we got we got life life preserver kits on our boat just in case you fall in. I wouldn't have them on the boat. I'd have them on me. Oh, they're they're, they're in like flotation waterproof containers. And, but yeah, we uh, we fished one tournament and it was pretty rough. Like I mean, we ended up. We ended up taking eighth place with a uh, 4.2 pound steelhead, which, by the way, is the record smallest steelhead I've ever brought into weigh-ins. And how much was it? Four what? 4.2 ounces. Or four, four pounds, two ounces. And, and that, like I said, hands down. And there was a total of, I believe, 13 fish caught that entire day out of 70 guys. Oh, wow. So it was... That's a rough. Well, it was it was rough. The wind, like I said, the wind played a huge factor in it. So you couldn't troll the way you wanted to, and a lot of guys were just dodging the 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 wind. Now, I mean, that was pretty much what we did. We just went from bend to bend to bend in the river where I where I knew a lot of these fish would be hanging out, and then just. Now, what are the rules as far as what you can use in these tournaments? Uh, the tournaments, you can use anything. I mean, outside of dynamite. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Electroshock. DNR DNR rules always apply. But, um, yeah, uh, steelhead, that's another reason why, one of the reasons I love these fish. You you can't, actually, I shouldn't say can't. It's extremely hard, and I do not know a way of how to cheat for them. Like, you're not going to go target these fish to snag them this time of year, you know, you're, there's no magical lure or you know uh, uh, mixture you can use to get these fish to bite. It's just a very evasive fish to try to you know pin down and get them to do what you want. Mm-hmm. So that, to my knowledge, I don't know any way to cheat. You know when it comes to a steelhead, but so yeah, for the tournaments, any lure you want. I've seen guys. Use Rapalas. I've seen guys use, you know, magwarts, bass rigs, spinner baits, spoons, mat, you know, maglips, hot and tots, wiggle warts, like the whole whole whatever you got in your tackle box. Jigs. That was another big one. Jigs. Are you allowed to float spawn for them? Oh yeah, or? you float spawn on bobbers. You can bottom bout spawn. Like I said, one guy was uh, using um, spawn on an actual jig head one. I've I mean, seen that work from the bank, but I haven't heard of people doing that out of a boat very much. Yeah, because they do it kind of like they do with walleye. Um, they'll they'll do get on like a drift and they just bounce, bounce, bounce. Oh, okay. So the the spawn just, will go with the current. Just bounce bottom. And I don't know. Downriver. I don't know if when it's on the jig, maybe it looks like a, a little fish is trying to swim away with a piece of spawn or something. I don't know what the presentation is supposed to mimic, but these fish, when they tend to see it, they get pissed. <laughs> Probably just holds it down in the bottom better. Yeah. Put a floating bag on a head, stick straight up off the bottom. Well, that and the other thing is probably like with walleye. I don't know if you know done too much walleye fishing for jigging. Mm-hmm. The the jig head isn't so much an attractant for the walleye. It's when that jig head smacks the bottom of the river, it creates a dust cloud, and then you the instantly when it smacks, you jig it up, and that that minnow then comes shooting out of that dust cloud. So the dust cloud brings it to the walleye's attention, and then they can pinpoint the minnow. Well, if you're pinging off rocks on the bottom, that will actually bring them in, too. Yeah, the I've vibration. Seen, yeah, underwater camera footage. They'll come in and check out smallmouth of the same way. You take a hammer down there and beat on the rocks, and you'll get every smallmouth's attention within yeah, 100 that, yards. that vibration, which brings to another good point when fishing for steelhead. Um, and a lot of guys always look at, like, 
visual presentation of lures, that's not what you want to go for. Like a lot of lures, when we talk about tuning and that, like you put them in the water and you watch that line. I mean, that lure's got to be making a thump, 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 you know, kind of uh, motion. Because every time it thumps and every time it moves, it creates like a vibration. And then that is what the fish either dislikes or strikes at. I mean, because hmm. the visibility in the river, you got to think the visibility is down to two foot, Man, four I, foot. I've maybe. dove the river. You get in there on a bad day, you can't see your glove in front of your face. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, you got, like you said, getting getting out of people's heads of, you know, when they like lake fish and the visuals, you know, when you talk about like in the big lake, you know, your color spectrum as you go down, right, you know, your blues right. and your greens, the deeper you go is going to be the more vibrant colors. So, like, a lot of times when you're chasing kings, your purples, blues, greens, those are usually the higher end because you're 75 plus foot down. Well, light right. can't penetrate that far, so these are the colors that are they, they're going to see. Well, the river, you're not. Well, like, what about, like, glow in the dark? Um, Like, once again, the visibility then becomes uh, uh, pretty minimal. And I've, honestly, me, I've never had any success with glow in the darks. Actually, believe it or not, the more success I've had in the river is in at nighttime, and this is going to sound completely asinine, is with a black lure. Because a solid black lure, when you're running it at nighttime, it absorbs all the color. Well, the river right. is not pitch black. Even if you might see it that way, the fish doesn't see it that way. Right. They pick up on all the colors, and they're more of a shade style. So, but when they see a solid black lure, they can pick that silhouette out of non-black items all behind it. So, it might look just black to you, but they'll see the lighter tones of black and the grays and that, and then that solid black lure sticks out to them, and they'll see that moving around. The way that uh, Fish's eye has been described to me is almost like everything is a neon sign when it's underwater. Now, I, I don't know how accurate that is. I'm not a biologist, but... I imagine, like, the glowing colors on lures, when it's pitch black out, there's no light to reflect off anything. So the darker, the better, the more it absorbs, like you're saying. It's actually going to be able to pick something out of the, the water. Right. And and, and that's going to be, like I said, that's based off of its backgrounds. You know, the, the they're picking that lure. That lure is going to be easier to pick out on the background that it is, which are black to black. If you had a gray black background and you put, you know, a solid 100% black lure out there, it's a lot easier to see it. Right. Unless, you know, unless you actually put its own illumination source, which the glows, I have heard guys work. Like I know kings, king salmon, when you chase those in the river, usually those glow thunder sticks are pretty hot. Steelhead, I just, I personally just, have not had a lot of luck with it. Right. Now, so how important is smell? Because, like, when you use the spawn sacks. Oh, smell is super important. Right. It's, uh, I mean, it's not everything, but it's to the point where I've noticed, like, for when I do tournaments and that, some guys won't do this, um, but is uh, cleaning all my lures, which is a pain in the ass, by the way. I mean, you know, I have hundreds of lures, and on a <laughs> tournament day, you don't know what you're going to use. Until you get out there, because it all determines, you know, water temp and and clarity and all that. So I, I always I always clean my lures, and it, they're, it's very basic. Usually, you rinse them down, you spray them down with a, a base like WD forty, which helps bond to any any oils that might be on that lure from a previous fish or a previous bait or a pretty previous scent added, additive that you might have done. It just helps bond to it and, and really soak it in that lure. And then you use like a Joy lemon dish soap because apparently, once again, I'm no biologist, but apparently they can't smell lemon. That's not. That's fucking weird. I know. Just it, lemon. It, they can smell any other fruit. I, I, right? Yeah, I get. I mean, because they are scent. <laughs> like just lemon. Well, I don't know if it's just lemon, but I know like as far as the dish soap flares. I mean, I've never <sighs> seen strawberry dish soap, but. So I can't. I mean, is that why you're single? Come home, wife opens up dishwasher, three hundred fucking lures hanging in there. Yeah, that might have had something to do with it. Hanging from the ceiling fans, everything. Don't touch them. Get out of the house. You're making smells. Can't cook dinner tonight. Yeah, they are. Uh, 
this the smells will like once you rinse them out then i I'd actually run a plastic container in the back of my boat when i when i'm shifting through lures and that during tournament days i'll actually wear i'll glove up because the like i said the oils pick up scents and i will change lures out and i put them in a plastic container on the back of the boat while i'm fishing to try to just minimize now i'm you're you can catch fish if you've touched them with your hands you know i've done it plenty of times it's just it's that little additive help that a lot of guys don't do but it does increase your strikes Hmm. because if there's something on that lure mainly it's more from like a previous fish or smoking smoking's a big one if you smoke cigarettes and you touch your lure just throw that fucker away (laughs) So now all these guys that they've got like the garlic cover scents or they're, they're dipping their hard lures in the fluid that their spawn sacks come in or their skein is in, is that more of a, a cover up for them touching it with their hands? Yeah. Or does that actually attract them? Yeah, I think it's more of a cover up than anything. There's a little bit of an attract attractant to it. Like once again, uh, Unless that fish is extremely hungry, it is not coming upstream looking for food. Right, right. Um, it's more it more triggers like the spawn additives. Like I, I, don't, I actually don't use any um, like fire brines or anything like that. I've, I've done it in the past. I just I haven't seen the the added hits. That, that no, I, no real benefit to it. No, the only thing that I've ever done is just strictly like borax hand soap. And and that just simply preserves and actually tightens up your your spawn membrane to kind Save of hold a lot of to, money too. Oh yeah, and, and and actually it kind of gives it the illusion when you drop it in when that borax goes in, it creates like a very milky slime trail that sticks to that, so it almost looks like a fertilized egg, and that that actually helps when like this time of year the steelhead are getting ready to spawn right now. So, them getting ready to spawn, when they see a fertilized chunk of steelhead eggs going down the river, they're in panic mode because, they're you know, in their minds, it's something else has attacked another nest. Right. They don't want anything to find theirs. So, they're not striking at spawn as a, I'm hungry. They're striking as it to get it the hell away from them. Hmm. And that's why spawn hits this time you're a little bit you'll either you'll either get like two styles of hits they're either going to be down in their gullet because they it's it's big enough that they just need to get rid of it mm-hmm. or it's just smashed right into the beak of their right into the beak of the fish right into the nose they're just charging at it they're not actually opening their mouth they're they're just trying to push it out of the way right man so like would you be out on a day like today if you didn't have to work. If for, for those the, of you who don't know what, what we're talking about, it's what? 15 degrees hour winds. Yeah. 15 degrees. One degree wind chill. The the snow, the temperature, and some of the wind, you're absolutely right. I'd be out there. Uh, and this wind is, once again, it's it's so severe right now. It would be so like almost impossible for me to get my boat even straight. Not to mention it would be pretty dangerous out there right now. But Right. The wind would be the only thing that'd keep me off that river right now. Do you do you have anywhere we can go get warm? You can sort of cab on your boat. Yeah, I I I have a full enclosure on the front end of my boat. I fished many years with just an open, and when you fish an open one, your your time frame out there that probably you can withstand, and maybe you guys can do it better than me. I'm not a big one when I get too cold, but. My time frame is like maybe three, four hours with no enclosure. If you're out there just in the elements, because that water running under your boat just sucks the heat right out of it. I mean, it is not like sitting in a deer stand, you know, waiting on waiting on a deer or walking through the woods or something. When you're when you're sitting in that boat, I mean, it is like a, a, a heat sink. It just sucks the heat right out of you. So do you, you got two little, three little girls or two? Three. Three. So do you take them out when it's this cold? Um, I've taken the oldest not one. Not this out. cold, but yeah. I mean, the, 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 time. the oldest one will come out with me no matter what. She's, she's a trooper. How old is she? She's 10. No, no. I've done winter steelhead fishing on the river. And if it's a day like today, I'm sitting at Connie's. The local watering hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she, she's been out there 
through a lot of it. Ice chunks floating on the river, dodging icebergs that well, that whole nine yards. And that was all last year, so she was nine then. But yeah, the oldest one's more like me when it comes to fishing. The middle one, if it's good weather and we're catching fish, she loves it. But about 15 minutes of not catching yeah. fish, you're getting cold. She's like, Dad, can I go swimming or can I do this? And 900 questions, you know. And when it's this cold, you can't exactly go. Right. She, she's more <laughs> take of a, a dip. And I've, I've asked her before, been like, you know, hey, you want to go to, you want to go to grandma's or do you want to come out fishing with me? She's like, I'll go to grandma's. <laughs> like it's not even a question for her so i don't think the middle one's gonna be into it as much but definitely the oldest one nice do you do any hunting with them uh yep uh the oldest one we did we've deer hunted the last couple of years um this was the last year that i told her she was gonna actually just sit with me next year she'll actually be you know on her own huh? wielding her own gun you know nice. practicing and and you know, and that's why I've told her if she want if she wants it, I kind of got to leave a little bit to her to, you know, want to pursue it. Obviously, support her in it, but you're talking you're talking deer hunting though, not yeah, deer hunting, right? Um, now she does and has looked at getting into doing some bow fish in the spring with me, which she has her own bow now. Dude, I've never done it. It is amazing. I could never justify it just because you know how you justify it, Brent. Get chickens, right? Right. Oh, that's what I say. You no, get I totally it. get it. <laughs> you already have the chicken coop. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, just think of. Have you been talking to Allie? Think of all the eggs <laughs> you could have. You and my girlfriend in cahoots. And think of all the eggs you could have. <clears throat> I wouldn't have to go buy eggs from bartenders. Here's no my more. thing, and you can vouch for this: chickens are a disgusting animals. They are foul creatures. They are disgusting. Geese are worse. Geese are worse. But yeah, dude, chickens are. Just no. I mean, I I would love to have a couple like for the eggs, like you said, but like three max. Twelve. <laughs> no, no. I think I'm down now. I think I'm only at like forty. Oh, I, I, just Jesus! I was up to like eighty some. Just Were so you, you killing guys them and selling them? Nah, just chicken hawks. And I have an eagle now that's coming over my property, and that's frowned upon to shoot them. So. Yeah, just just frowned upon. They don't even want you to shoot at them. Like chicken hawks, you know, they, they, if you call the DNR, you know, they're not supposed to shoot them. But they'll they'll tell you like, well, have you tried shooting at them, like at the ground or around them, like in their area? Because a lot of times that bang and the shotgun will scare them off from that area from trying to feed. But if you are, if you even get caught pointed a shotgun in the same vicinity as a bald eagle. <laughs> Like, wonder why you're going in handcuffs. Do you own a paintball gun? <laughs> I was thinking about just putting like explosives out there or something. You, you know, said like, I couldn't shoot something. it. Something. Never said I couldn't blow it up. Something creating a loud noise to scare that bastard around. But even then, it's like, have you ever seen a bald eagle when they're down close to you? Then things are like four or five <laughs> foot tall. Oh yeah, standing. You ever they're seen huge. them open their wings? Yeah, I've had them actually. One of the fun stories, I if you go down the river, like hauling ass 30 mile an hour or something, they like to fly next to boats. And that's the scariest yep. thing ever. If you're hauling ass down there, just going, paying attention to what's in front of you so you don't hit a log or something. And you look over, and here's this bird with a seven-foot wingspan <laughs> just coasting next to you. And you're like, my motor is 115 horse and it's hauling ass. <laughs> And, and you're just gliding and you're gliding like what's your secret <laughs> this just costing me a couple bucks an hour <laughs> but yeah that's that's a uh, bald, bald eagles and chicken hawks those are a pain in the butt well the, well the whole bow fishing thing though like that was my deal was like you know i can't eat it so no that's not completely why, why can't you eat it brent not completely why, true why I, take that, I take that back yes you're correct i could I don't know. Have you guys ever tried carp? Yes. What do you think? Patties. Yes. It is actually good. Patties. Suckers is good. I've had suckers. suckers. is amazing. Really good. Suckers good. Gar. Have you ever had gar? I tried. My God. I broke my ten snips. Now, now gar, like that's really the only way to get them, right? Is to bowfish them around here. No, I, I, mean, I can't get them to bite on anything every I, time I see them in the room. No, you can. It's the right time of year. You well, you can. You got to know where to hang out, and it's really on the technique and how you use. Like if you have a, a minnow. 
or even a bluegill, okay. and you know where they're at, and you're, you're floating them. You can't let them on bottom. they got to float. The gar will not go down to the bottom and pick one up, but if it's floating, it'll come up and grab it. Well, that's why, like, I'm bouncing worms off its fucking nose. And <laughs> right. Even mid-water column, I mean, if it's still twitching a little bit, they'll grab it. Yep. It's got to be off the ground completely. I don't, it's got to be the right I, I've size, literally had, though, had had a damn worm on a hook, and I'm like hitting it in the head. <laughs> no, they they won't. Well, and that's the thing is, like, if you see how a gar hunts, mm-hmm. a gar, especially for bowfish, and it's really hard to pick them out. They look like a stick. They will get yeah. into a log structure, and they look just like a stick. They won't move, even if a boat comes right over top of them. They will not move. They'll just be straight as can be, and their teeth. The bottom teeth come out at an angle, and the top teeth come out at an angle. And they actually wait for little fish to come up, and if they swim up next to them and they just barely twitch their head, those teeth will actually hook into them. So really? they don't even have to open their mouth to hit the bait. That's, I've caught uh, three or four of them on accident down at the dam, and every time I catch them, the hook's not in their mouth. The line is wrapped around their jaw because that's how they do it. They smack it with their head. When they smack it with their head, that line wraps and then they start rolling. Yep. They're done. Get they're, their jaw wrapped up. When they're wrapped up, they come in like a stick. They do that gator roll. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've heard they're pretty good. There's a certain way you got to fillet them, right? Uh, with tin snips. Yeah. I, I broke my tin snips when I tried. <laughs> walk walk me through this. Pretty basic. You can cut the heads off and then or create a hole, and then you take tin snips and go from the front to the back. Do not go from the back to the front. These scales sharp as fuck. They're yeah, they're like armor. If they really? poke you, they will slice your hand wide open. No shit. It's like I mean, it literally is like sheet metal. Hmm. So you have to usually cut. I usually cut them from the top across the back and then just peel. Now, are they like a, a bony fish, like pike? Um, not they're the ones that I opened up. I don't know about below the ribs. But it's like two back straps off a deer right on top. Right, right. That's all I ever pulled out of them. That's the majority of me. I mean, kind of like a northern pike when you fillet them out. Right. Well, okay. I'm, don't don't get me started on that. I'm good at those. <laughs> I like northern pike. No, pike's good. You like bony though. Nope. 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 Wrong. Wrong. Don't think so, Bert. <laughs> I don't think so, Bert. Take that fillet right off. Take the ribs out. Skin it. And then right around the lateral line, those Y bones come down, and it it's just like the shape of a Y. The videos are all over YouTube. Right. Come down on the top side of it, run out towards the top of the fish, and then it's like a half inch down, right in line with the lateral line. Cut straight down and come out. It'll look like just like a little Y-shaped, right. really long strip of bones with a tiny chunk of meat in the middle. Yeah. I guess I, I've never really caught that many pike. I've caught a handful of them, but we'll I, fix that. Yeah, I, I know. I've never really gone out, out after them because just to be clear, you can't shoot them. Right, I, right. There right. used to be a season <laughs> on it at one point, I believe. Well, you can see the thing is, and we used to be able to spear them. Well, right? we've asked yes, the DNR. Spearing. There's a season for spearing these pike, and you can actually shoot them with a bow and arrow, but it has to be through the ice. So I asked the DNR. I said, "Okay, what if my hole is really big?" And he's like, well, define big. I was like, there's ice on the bank of the river. (laughs) (laughs) Like, technically, there's ice everywhere. Like, I'm dumb enough to be out there in January, February, and there's ice all over that river. Like, can I not? Legally shoot them. What, so what they it, say? They, they won't give me a clear answer on it. They, they, they oh, said, "Oh yeah." All right, I'm gonna call Travis. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Travis was actually the one we asked. Really? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's disappointing. One of the local CEOs. Yep. Yeah. You want me to stop at Zach's house? Uh, Another local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. He's right, he's right on the road. No, he's been pretty good to me. I can't. I, you know, he's he's checked me several times. Been very decent. You know, he's a. He, he's definitely a good one. Both of them are pretty good guys. I went to school with both of them, so. But but I get like with Tyler, I get the I get the gray area where he's like, I'm not. If I tell you yes, you're gonna use that against me. If another DNR officer comes and, right. and, and wants to ticket you, and, and, and I get like that's a sticky situation. Like, 
Now, let's be honest. I'm not going to go out in February just to shoot Northerns for the bow. Right. I want to know. But, but if it to. happened. <laughs> right. So they say through the ice. They don't have like a, a month window or anything. There's no actual season on right. it. So you can't be like, it's 65 in January in Michigan and Grandmere has no ice. I'm going to go shoot Pike. Right. That's fucked up. Why? Well, <laughs> And that once again is I'm like, well, how I really want to know like how that process even works. Like, do you go in there, take a chainsaw out on some ice, and you cut like a ten foot by ten foot square with put some aerators down there and attract the fish, and then just shoot them? Like, I mean, or you just drill a bunch of holes and go walking across? No, it's like fish. it's just like they do the sturgeon. They cut like a four foot by four foot hole, drop white objects down there, golf balls or whatever you know, little plastic fish try and bring them into the hole where they can see them and then you got to shoot through the hole or hmm. spear through the hole but i mean you get a four foot by four foot hole that's a, i wouldn't do that down here we don't get enough ice yeah i'll say the ice better be more than six inches thick <laughs> where have you seen six inches down here <laughs> you lying to your wife again i'm at centimeters right yeah, actually, I, that, that's another reason why I don't do a lot of ice fishing around this area. I'm not going to travel to go ice fishing, but when it comes back to the steelhead realm, as long as I don't have ice fully encapsulated uh, the river, I'll be out there. I can fish it from October all the way through as long as that river don't solidly freeze up. And then the good thing is, even if the river gets too iced up and there's too many icebergs out there and I'm afraid of damaging my boat or hurt myself, I just throw my waders on and go down the dam. True. Like, you can fish for these steelhead all winter long. But it's winter time, and it sounds like that really sucks. Oh, yeah. Being, <laughs> being when it's like five degrees outside, and I have mm. done this for the record. I go out to the dam. It's five degrees. It's snowing. It's blowing. And put my waders on, wade out into that river, you know, waist deep, and fish for these steelhead with, with a, a bead rig. And it's like, once again, it sounds completely crazy until it hits your line and you get a screamer and then it's just fucking amazing. Yeah. You got to love it, dude. Oh yeah. Every, every aspect of it. I mean, I love some fishing, but you're making me feel like a lazy turd. <laughs> me too. It's like, I feel like a big old pussy. Over here. It's like, oh, that's cool. I don't want to. I've even got insulated chest waders and I still don't do that. No, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, now granted, once again, you're, you gotta be reasonable. Your, your window times, this is not something I'm gonna go out and do for five, six hours. There's no way I'm doing that. But it's a great thing to do. Like, if you get off work, because now, what, now is it getting dark around 5 45, somewhere mm-hmm. in there? If I'm getting off work at 3, 3 30, you know, I live five minutes away from the dam. So I can get home. Throw my stuff in my car, go down there and fish that last hour of daylight, which is a good time to do it. And once again, if you only catch one, most guys go half the season only catching one. Yeah. I'd be happy with one an hour. That seems like a good ratio. (laughs) No doubt. I've done steelhead fishing off the pier plenty, and one an hour is pretty nice. Right. And see, steelhead fishing is one thing I never really got into because by the time the, you know the fishing kind of picked up in the fall, I was busy chasing the whitetail and just didn't give a shit. I guess two legged deer. And then yeah, then then when deer season's over, my big passion is to get back after the squirrels or set some traps for coyotes. You know, I've just never I don't know it's never really struck me to go freeze my ass off on the river. Well, yeah, and and one well, and and to be to be fair too, steelhead fishing is one of those fishing that. It's really, it's really hard for like a newcomer to try to like. You're not just gonna go throw in your boat and find a steelhead and catch it. It's it's very hard. Like I I know some guys that had literally went two years of trying to catch a steelhead before they finally caught their first one. Really, I you know I, and I, I, mean, I, I believe it. I believe it, and 100%. that's on their own. I don't don't get me wrong. Don't even bring this charter boat bullshit at me. Mm-hmm. I don't like charter boats at all. But, for tournament reasons? Well, for tournament reasons, yes. You know. And, and <laughs> that's what, exactly it. And it's like, if you want to talk about cheating for steelhead, that's one for me. You know, when I get someone that wants to brag about, oh, I caught this 10-pound steelhead, yeah? So, yeah, I went on this charter boat last week. No, no. That guy's out there every day and maps out everything. He caught that steelhead. Like, yeah, you, you just reeled it in. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a difference when if you want to talk about a steelhead, when you go out there, you, you know, whether it's on the shore or on your boat, you go out there, find that fish in the St. Joe River. St. Joe River is one of the hardest rivers to, to, to pin those steelhead down because it's a wide river. Like, you go up towards Kalamazoo and, like, the oh, Betsy and that. too. Right. I mean, you have a river here that's deep and wide. It's very hard to pinpoint these fish down. And you, if you go out there, fish for them, and hook one, catch it, bring it in, that right there, that's where it's at. So your freezer's got to be pretty stocked up there, huh? Yeah, I need to get rid of some. Right yeah, 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 yeah. Raising my hand, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I actually... Uh, yeah. I would trade you for some venison, but I do believe that's illegal. I don't think you can do that. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Uh, you're supposed to keep what you catch, and you're not supposed to. Get... Actually, funny story about that. Here we <laughs> Steelhead go. Steelhead fishing. I almost got my ass beat down at the dam one year. I mean, part of it was probably my fault because uh, you know I was younger. I was a little bit, a little bit more of an asshole, a little bit. And <laughs> you, me, no. right? Well, I do a lot of fish for. For, you know, a lot of steelhead fishing, so I got it down. Well, I, I was one of those years, it was getting colder out. I getting off work, I'd run down to the dam, get my waders on, I'd fish. Well, I had I had been fishing out in my, in my boat and and kind of picked up on some color schemes that were that were happening. Talking to a couple of my buddies and that, and they he had he had actually drifted me towards doing more of a. It was a different rig setup. It was like more of a, a single white bead, and it had like three orange dots on it. So I was like, okay. Like, I get like white was starting to be kind of a hot topic out on that river at that time. So I was like, all right, well, yeah, I can do that. But he's like, hey, the key, though, is don't use a treble hook on the end. If you ever bead fish, you usually run your hook, and then about an inch up, you'll do what's called pegging uh, a bead where it's like a, a gelatin rod that goes in there and stops your bead about an inch up from your hook. And then you can run it up to your three-way where you got your weight and all that. Well, anyway, I was like, okay, cool. I got a new setup. I'll try it. So I get down to the dam. Now, it might have been a little taunting on my part. The guy that was down there had been down there all day. I don't know how, but... You can imagine being out in the river all day long. He's freezing his ass off. He's from out of town. So there was no, like, going back. He was there all day. So he was trying to catch a fish. So he has not caught a fish all day. I come down. I go to my normal spot. He's semi-close to me, so I try to be a decent fisherman. And I give him just, the, you know, do, say my due diligence and be like, hey, do you mind if I fish this close to you? Yeah. Legally, it, he can kiss my ass. I can fish where I want as long as I'm not literally on top of him. You're just trying just to be etiquette. Right. You're trying to be decent. So I ask him. And he says, no problem. River's free. Do what you want. Okay. First cast out. Boom, boom, boom. Bam. Nail steelhead. Bring him in. It was a nice, uh, about nine, nine and a half pound steely. Now, by this time of year, I had already, my freezer was already full. I had plenty of skein. All my tournaments were done. I'm just out there enjoying the sport. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't give fish away. And I'm a big one when it comes to that with steelhead. I do not give. Like, if I'm out fishing, I will not give my fish away to, to minimize my limit. I thought you could give it to them, but it counted towards your daily limit as well. No, because there's no paper trail for the DNR to know that. There's like like I know there's other states where... You can give something away, but you have to have, like, some sort of written trend, you know. I wonder if that's what I'm thinking of. Because I recall, now this was coming from DNR back in high school. We were getting checked down on the pier. And there were guys that were like, hey, we only caught one. And they were trying to give it away. Like, can we give it to these kids? And the DNR, they did have, like, it's like a wildlife receipt. that says who caught it, who possesses it. And it counts as, like, both of your limits. That was 10 years ago or so, so I don't know if it's still a thing or not. Yeah, I haven't checked with them. I just knew, you know, knew from when I last brushed up on those rules. They've always been very clear about you're not to give fish away for sale, for 
generosity for anything. Like you're fishing for your daily limit. It's for your consumption of fish. And actually, there was a guy, um, I want to say it was a year or two ago, just got in big trouble um, not too far from here for some bluegill and stuff. Oh, man, that, oh, that was this year. about that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The one that had like a hundred and some fish over the limit. There were two or three guys. Yeah, they, he had reports that this guy was doing way well over his daily limits. And so they went and confronted him at his house. And when they got to him, he had, I think, I want to say they had like five or six hundred fillets in the freezer. And what they got him with wasn't so much over the daily limit. It was over the personal consumption of fish. Or the the, the, the possession, possession limit. limit, right? Yeah. Because cause honestly, the possession limit. That's hard to find. Yeah. And and honestly, like I remember the last time I looked at it, I remember looking like that's really not that much. It's, it's a couple days limits worth, right? Right. right. It's So for I know for panfish, it's three. Yes. Three days yeah. limit. So it's 25 panfish. So it'd be 150 fillets total. Yeah, 150 fillets total. Per licensed fisherman in the household is what you can have in the freezer. That's just panfish, though. I don't, I think walleye is three. But really, I mean, if, limit, if, I'm not sure. Like, just say, like, you know, you're, you know, involved with, ingo- involved with your church or something and you're doing a big fish fry or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, 150 fillets. I mean, that's a lot of fillets. Don't get me wrong. Right. But. Right. I don't know. I just feel like that's a law that a lot of people break. They don't even realize it. Well, I think it's it's not. I think it's one of those laws that's in place for when the DNR need it. If they need it, they can use it. I was like, you have it's, to, in my opinion, you have to really fuck up. The right. I mean, because. Go snooping around. Come right. in and raid your freezer unannounced. Right. <laughs> and even then, I I, I want to say that they were pretty lenient on what they actually hit him with. I think they only hit him with one count when they could have hit him with a bunch of other stuff. But, but yeah, so I mean, back to the story, I was. I'm pretty pretty straightforward when it comes to that. So I I catch this fish. Guy asked me, "Hey, you want to, you want me to net it?" No, I'm fine. He said, "Well, you didn't bring a net. How are you going to get it up there?" I'm like, it's okay. I fish for these all the time. I'll be fine. There's a way of circling around the fish, running them up to shore, and then actually kicking in the water, and they'll actually jump up on shore on their own. Done it many times. You know, it, it, it's less stress on the fish, I believe. So I get the fish out. I unhook them. Get them out, and I'm like, okay, you know, kind of look at them, take my picture, walk back in the water, and let the fish go. As I'm letting this fish go, this guy's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? I said, I'm fishing. He's like, why Why'd you just let that go? I said, because I, I caught it, I'm not going to keep it, I'm going to let it go. You know, like, we're, we, I can do that. He's like, no, next time you catch a fish, if you're going to let it go, I'll keep it. Well, not wanting to fight about it because the fish was already gone, I just told him, I was like, okay, sure. Which any guy knows, the when you say sure, that's the universal language for, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but, so apparently this guy didn't know, so uh, needless to say, three casts later... I'm hooking into my second now steelhead. So this guy's blood has got to be boiling. You've been out there all day. You're not catching nothing. Right. This this jack off me shows up and in in three casts nails Just two steelhead. Yeah. yeah. And he's literally I'm literally fishing right next to him. I gotta say you really hurt my feelings that day. I I, I never <laughs> let that go. <laughs> you were the one that tried drowning me, huh? <laughs> But yeah, he, uh, I well, and that was I like, thought the river was deeper than it was there. My bad. <laughs> he, he, so I catch this fish, and he comes up. He he starts bringing his stringer towards me. So I did not take a picture of this fish because I'm trying to not have a fight with this guy. Mm-hmm. So I grab this fish, and he's like, "I'll get." He's like, "I got my stringer. Just hold on right there." And I said, "You want this fish? This is where, this is where I was an asshole." I said, "You want you want this fish?" He's like, "Yeah, I want it." I said, "Okay, here you go." And I literally pointed the fish at him and let it go in the water. Oh, and he's like, <laughs> "That's a dick move." He's like, "What the fuck? I thought you were gonna let me have that fish." I said, "I am. I gave you all the opportunity to catch it. Now catch it." Oh, oh and that's when the guy came at me and was like, "I'm gonna fucking drown your ass." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. Uh, you know, at the time, like I was, I was pretty young when this happened, and I'm just like, you know, hindsight. Well, I mean, looking back on it, you know, hindsight when you 
young and just like, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking fight you. That was really a dumb move for both our parts. No one wants to fist fight in a river that's 25 degrees. Right. Like, you're going to die. That sounds die. miserable. Well, I mean, you're, you're literally at that point in time going to die because by the time both your adrenaline wears off, you already have hypothermia kicking in and mm. both of us have a 15-minute walk back to the truck with no heat. Like, you're the danger factor at that point in time. Like, I guess I didn't assess the situation at that time. <laughs> but <laughs> but the guy, luckily, the guy behind me um, was uh, was actually, you know, pretty decent. I, I, he must have got a kick out of it, too. He, he was... Um, he was actually carrying them, and I didn't know the guy, didn't even say anything to him other than thank you, was that guy, when he was coming at me, the guy behind me just kind of looked at him and, you know, lifted his coat, let him know, mm-hmm. you know, like, this wasn't going to go any further, and the guy backed off, pretty much called me a bunch of Which names. is awesome, because around here, why the hell would you be carrying a handgun into the water? When you, Other than a situation when you go like that, arriving. all the bears. I'm There's telling you, bears well, I'm telling you right so now, many bears. The, uh, from my experience doing down like the Bering Springs Dam, I would carry every time. Yep. For, for those of you listening, we are in extreme southwest lower Michigan. There are zero bears <laughs> zero. anywhere around. If there's a bear out, we got problems. Right. I mean, there's been one or two reports in the last 10 years. Come yeah. wandering through. They and, do. And we all get excited and load our shotguns and put them by the door. Hoping that Yogi wants a day-old donut. Yep. Some of us leave our trash out in our yards for an extra couple days. We're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> Travis might get mad. <laughs> Sorry. I was joking. Allegedly. Yeah, man. But no, earlier you were talking about asking the DNR for a straight answer on the, the shooting the pike from the from the river. Right. You know, cause I, I, I haven't done it yet. Because I haven't really figured out how exactly I want to word this. But... I want to know if it's legal to shoot squirrels, basically, from your boat. If you are floating down the river, say, and you see a squirrel in a tree overhanging the river, if you anchor, shut your motor off, and take a twenty-two and shoot the squirrel, and it lands in the water, and you retrieve said squirrel, is that legal? I think it falls on the same thing with, like, a deer. You have to have permission from the landowner. But that would that be considered riparian, I guess? Because it's hanging over the water. Uh, right. Airspace laws go straight up, so it'd be the same thing as a duck. It, because, yeah, like like in town. Like, so, it like, it, like Niles City, for instance, which, you know, I, we're quite a ways from Niles, but that's where I used to live. And we had an issue with a tree that was growing from the neighbor's yard. It went over the fence into my yard. And I asked the this lady at the city, and she said, well, you can cut anything on that side of the fence that you want, because it's yours. So... I think Even though it's their tree, I think it's I can cut with, it. Uh, it's a state and federal different guidelines. Like that state you live in, this state it falls between like a state regulations, where anything fish or game is federal. I I think mm. there's that's a gray area. Fish and game is all state as well. The only thing that's federal is waterfowl. Yeah, say so when they cross state lines. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I was just more referring to like anything with the DNR because I know mm. DNR federal. Those are federal agents. No, they're state. Are they? Yeah. I thought they had federal jurisdictions because I've actually had DNR come up before when I had. Uh, had I'm a gonna look it up while you. They have. I had a, couple, had a couple state cops actually come down and what I would call would be harassing me out by the bank. They were looking for people doing drugs or drinking, and at the time right. I was a 17 year old kid just trying to do some catfish fishing, and they were giving me a bunch of hard times. Well, luckily enough, I had a DNR officer there. And the DNR sir came down there and told them, you guys need to leave. And they're like, we don't have to do anything. And he's like, yes, you do. Get out of here. They are a state police officer, and they have more jurisdiction than an actual state cop. Well, I knew, and that's where I was getting. I know they, like I said, the state boys, it was not a good day for them. Like, a DNR, if he has probable cause, he can walk into your house and search your freezer without a search warrant. This is from GameWardenEDU.org. And it says, game wardens, often referred to as wildlife officers, conservation officers, or fish and game wardens, are members of state and federal wildlife conservation teams. Well, that doesn't fucking answer the well, question. Well, fuck, when <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's wrong. Trophies for everybody. <laughs> participation trophies. The 90s ruined everyone. Well, without reading into that, I mean, that could mean, you know, that there's a maybe there's federal both. level. Yeah, there could be different tiers, level. maybe. 
Well, now, if they're saying Department of Natural Resources, are they saying actual DNR, like... Like DNR officers? Because I know there's sections of the DNR that are just more like biologists. Right, but if you look at MDNR, like like Travis, for instance... A CO, a, 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 CO a conservation officer from Michigan. state. Indiana. Right. But, but then the, you get into like... But he's state with federal jurisdiction, though, isn't he? No, they'd be like park rangers. Because all national parks are federal. Oh. I, yeah, once again, I guess that would be... Well, and then that, that would be a good question for one of them, would be like, okay, you know, like Tyler, for instance, could you go, you know, and assist, another, you know, if you could you go, you know, to, a, to, to like Grandmere Park and enforce your laws down there? Because would Grand, Grandmere well, Park... That's a state park. I don't know any federal ones. <laughs> like offhand, I don't know any federal ones. But generic Yellowstone. I mean, that's well, that's a big ass Manist- federal. Manistee. If Tyler's down Manistee in Yellowstone, federal or national, national. But I think or, national or federal. You know what I meant. <laughs> national or no, state? No they, no, they don't, Brent. But but that's a national park, right? Not a state park. It is. It's labeled as national forest, so I imagine it's federal. I don't actually know. I don't know the exact answer to that. I know that I would say out of county, sheriff, and state police, DNR are above them when it comes to yes. the natural resources of the state. Oh, yeah. They're top dogs in the state for sure. Like I, I have seen some very scary things with DNR officers that you do not push their limits. That is not someone to talk back to. Or, you know, if you do not agree with what they're doing, that is definitely a battle. Like, you go to court and fight it. Yep. Do not argue with them on in a boat or whatever. I've seen them take boats and trucks and... What, early in the spring when the steel are still in the little little mm-hmm. water? Yeah. They'll, uh... They definitely keep an eye. And I've been stopped quite a few times. But every time they've been... They've been polite. You know, they've never been assholes to me. I don't. I don't feel like, you know. Just asking what you're doing, as long as you're, you know, abiding by the law and doing what you're supposed to be doing. Not yeah. Big deal. And they're very proactive in, in education, too. I mm-hmm. mean, if you, you see one at like a launch or something, or they do stop you and just do a routine boat check, um, you know, you got a question, ask away. Like, I've never had one be like, yeah, I don't have time for that. Now, granted, you ask them a very sticky situation question, <laughs> a.k.a. the shooting pike through, the, pike the, through ice the ice river. Yeah. Right. You know, they, they might not give you the most straightforward answer to give you permission to do something like that. Um, but, they, I mean, for everything else, if you have just generic questions, man, they, they'll give you, if they don't know the answer, they'll give you the link, uh, you know, and that to find out the answer. Or they'll get back with you. So, you remember back in the summer, I don't know if you guys seen them, all the vans that were hitting up, uh, especially Hickory Creek. Every road access, they were like getting out and, and putting this uh, pesticide in the water to kill the lampreys. For lampers. the lampreys, yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried slamming them with questions. They're like, I don't know. Yeah, they, I they, know. they were just I, out I, there I were, dumping yeah. it. <laughs> I didn't realize they subbed that out. I thought that was all internal. But... I never paid attention. I thought those guys were fishing. I'm like, oh, that's not legal. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. You can't be in there. No, it was it was crazy, though. Like, there was dead lampreys floating all over the place. I didn't realize how much actually worked oh, their man. way in. Right. I saw, so down at the Berrien Springs Dam, this had to be nine years ago. I was up there with one of my buddies and one of the biologists working for the DNR called us up on top of the fish ladder because her trap got stuck and she couldn't get it out. We couldn't figure out what she was trapping. Got up there, helped her get it all out and everything. And there was thousands of land preys in this trap. Just foot and a half long little wormy snake lampreys going crazy. There's a ton of them, and they, they trap them in the fish ladder to see how many are in the river. They're everywhere. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch. It's terrifying. How would you describe a sea lamprey to somebody who's never seen one before? Ex-girlfriend. Have you seen the movie <laughs> Tremors? <laughs> Blood sucking with teeth. <laughs> they are like, like giant leeches, right? Pretty much. It's like an eel. But its mouth is instead of being closed. Cup. Yeah, it's a suction cup with teeth. Yeah, it's it's not using like suction necessarily to stay on. It just uses it enough to get the teeth in. 
It cuts perfect circles. And I don't even know if I would say a leech. Like a leech would be like you know, like like Spider Man was a man, and then until he got bit by the spider and turned into this like super freak. I said turned into a woman. (laughs) Turned into a woman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Turns into like some super leech. Well, like so teeth. I, and this is this. I'll give this kudos to a lot of the, the DNR and a couple of the organizations that help prevent a lot of these these lampreys around our area. I have not caught a fish with a lamprey on it in the river. And you do. I do a, a lot, lot of fishing. fishing. I've so that's what I'm saying. I mean, they whatever they're doing, they're doing a good job, and 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 they're definitely keeping the numbers down to help keep the population of fish up. Do we know where they came from? It's a sea lamprey. C C S E A. I don't know how they even live in the lake. Well, seagulls, they do. Seagulls, seagulls, seagulls. Blame the seagulls. Seagulls, you know. Seagulls. Little fuckers. I'm gonna blame the pelicans because I don't think Michigan is supposed to have pelicans, but I see them on the river. Yeah, I don't know what those guys are doing. Apparently, Florida got too damn hot. Apparently, well, is there that or Michigan's staying too warm? I mean, not on a day like today, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, dude, it got, sucks today, dude. Well, and anyone that does, like, any of the listeners that do, like, duck hunting or stuff like that, I mean, I think everyone can agree the last, uh, this year and the last year have been garbage for the, uh, the, the, the winter and the flocks coming in, well, the you migration. Mean, you, you mean last year was a, a record high temperature for November in Michigan? Yeah. Like, ever? Uh, yeah. No, we that does it. that doesn't affect duck migrations. Never, no, no. We we didn't have a single lick of ice this year until after the first of the year when everything was shut down. Where where did you find ice? Now there's ice in my pond. Oh yeah, I forgot you got your pond going. Yeah, on. now now there's ice. Today it's twenty. It's fifteen degrees outside. Last night there was no ice. Today there's ice. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty damn cold today. Is there anything else we want to cover? We didn't get into our 22 versus 17 talk or any of that stuff. I think that's a whole different podcast coming. I think that could be a whole other hour for uh, sure. Yeah. I kind of want to point out that I think you're just a shitty shot with a 22. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 22 <laughs> is a preferred rifle for squirrels. Ooh. Oh, I, I'm on the 17 outnumbered. kick. I'm on the 17 kick, buddy. I mean, I'm just saying bang for buck. Well, what I found out, did you know that there is a 17 Mach 2? I did not. They need more powder behind it? No. It's just Mach 2 is squ- less powder. Mach, Mach 2 oh. is a regular long rifle 22 round or load with a 17 caliber bullet it's on it. It's a 22 dirty Why don't cousin. You just shoot a fucking pellet gun. Right. Dude, no, no joke. Pellet guns nowadays are no joke. On that note. <laughs> I think we can shut this thing down. Are you guys good with that? Or you guys got anything else? I'm no, good. I'm good. Cool. All right, David. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks for I'm having sure, me. I'm sure you'll be on a couple oh, more times. Anytime we talk about fishing, this. we got catfish fishing, steelhead fishing, bow, fi- bow fishing. I mean, we'll talk about it all. Oh, we're, we're not going to stop talking about fishing just because this gets shut off. Oh, oh that's... I know. It's going to happen for another hour for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. Our next episode is going to be dropping Monday, January 31st. We're going to be sitting down with Josh Wagner, who is owner and operator of JW Whitetail Deer Farm here in Michigan. Uh, It was a very informative podcast, and we can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Uh, In the meantime, please head over to our official Facebook page. Give us a like. If you guys want to reach out to us with any questions, comments, criticism, whatever, send us a message on there, and we'll definitely get back to you. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next time.